Hi, it's Tony. On today's show, we'll talk some football with Jason Lock and Fora. We'll get weekend picks from Jeff Ma and James Carville, if we can decipher what James is actually saying. But first, commerce. Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. I leave my house at about 7.30, because tee-off time is 8. We have, a, we have a time at 8. Four guys, guys I like very much. I like Steve Hintisher. I like Robin Buffalo. I like Al Serafino. We play, we're all the same age. We play in what is called the Legends Group. Everybody really old who's been there a while is called the Legend. Good, good. Yeah, good, good. Like, especially with Hintisher. Pick that up. It's eight feet. That's ah, good. It's good. I can make that. Okay. I've seen you. I've seen you make that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's okay. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. Yeah, I missed golf all week. I just, you know, couldn't play Tuesday. Couldn't play a lot of golf. Um, Wednesday didn't have opportunity. Yesterday had opportunity, but yesterday there was a <coughs> women's tournament out there. And today, um, surely you'll play today. Can't play today. I'd love to play today. I can't. The over under is today. That's a tournament that oh I forgot to sign up for. Tried to I you forget up to with sign Shirley. up for everything. So anyway, uh, let's begin this show. Um, there's two stories that we're not going to get to with guests because it's a football show. One is the baseball and one is the golf. Let's start with the baseball. The World Series starts tonight. They should have started it yesterday, but yeah. they don't. See, it's it goes games one, games two, travel day, games three, four, five. So if you start it on Thursday and your travel day is Saturday, then you have to play Sunday and you're up against the NFL. And they don't want to be up against the NFL. Nobody wants to be up against the NFL. Golf changed its entire schedule to not have to go up against the NFL. So we have in these playoffs, and I'm not knocking the playoff structure. What I'm knocking is the separation between games. Baseball's an everyday event. There should not be this kind of separation. You should there shouldn't even be travel days in the uh in the league series. Shouldn't even be travel days. Just get there. Right. Just get Baseball's there. Baseball's an everyday I mean, sport and the playoffs is all about momentum. Yeah. I mean Texas Two game sevens and you get two days off. Texas for, against Houston. What are we talking about? That's Dallas and Houston. You don't need a day off. Right. You don't need a day off. I understand Philadelphia and Arizona, but just, you know what? Red eye. You know, just get on. No, you don't. shouldn't have these days off. And anyway. while we're at it, bring back the afternoon starts. Yeah. Yeah. Once in a while, Saturday yeah. afternoon would be nice. It'd be very nice. That would be yes. nice. So it's Texas against Arizona. Michael, your thoughts? Uh, it's a completely unknowable World Series. If you go to MLB.com and you try and read through the expert picks just for simple things like who will have the most strikeouts, who will have the most home runs, it's everywhere. Uh, so I think it... Chessie's barking her I'm brain. I'm not really yes. sure we can Very we animated. can read too much into game one. Just, you know, you expect this will be a long series and it probably will have pretty big swings. Your thoughts? I'm still trying to figure out who exactly is on Arizona. Right. So, uh, Red Sox former pitcher is going to be pitching tonight for Texas. So. Yes. Nathan Avaldi. Yeah, Nathan Avaldi. Who is a little he's closer great to in you. the postseason. He is, if they I mean, beat him, I, I think the series is over because he's going to get two starts. Uh, here's the thing about the Diamondbacks. Even with the stopper, the, the, Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer. Yeah, do you expect? I mean, I, I, I think. I love Max Scherzer. I don't have great anticipation. I anticipate that Texas will win. But I thought, you know, the Houston would win. I've been wrong all along. I, thought Philly, I, I never think that Arizona's got a chance in these, but they're very tenacious and they hang in there. So I agree. I think tonight's game is pivotal. And, and if Arizona wins that, they have very great chance to win this. The starting pitchers on Texas, who you fear, are Evaldi and Jordan Montgomery. They've been very good. If Scherzer, 
This would be Scherzer's third start whenever it comes. His first two have not been impressive. No. If he's got anything left, you'll see it in the third start. And if it doesn't work, he's got nothing left. Just trying to stretch him out for more home runs. Yeah. And he's got a thumb issue now as well, doesn't he? I don't know. Yeah, I've heard his thumb is, is banged up. So I that's not promising. no idea. The reason people like Texas is because of those two starters and because Garcia has hit, I don't know, 53 <laughs> home runs in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and Corey Seager's a great player. Marcus Simeon's a great player. Yeah. Young, this kid has hit some home runs. Garver's hit some home runs. And Bochi. And, yeah. So didn't Arizona just beat this team? Isn't this Philadelphia? Isn't this Philadelphia with... with um, Without the bigger names. Nola and, and... Wheeler. And Wheeler. And, yeah, I mean, isn't it the same team? And Arizona just beat them. Arizona did something in Game 7 that was, to me, just catastrophically impressive it really was they used five different relievers over the last five innings okay they need 15 outs those five different relievers gave up one hit and that was in the fifth no hits in the sixth the seventh the eighth and the ninth schwarber turner harper one for 20 in game six and seven arizona they the Texas team they're looking at is the Philadelphia team that they faced, to me. To me. Um, I, maybe not, I, I'm picking Texas. Maybe not even as fearsome as Philadelphia. Now, Arizona gave up some odd walks in that Game 7 that could have turned right. disaster. That's right. That's right. You can't have walks. Is the dog still barking? Or is the dog The okay dog has found friends outside. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't really want the dog outside, but... Uh, She's not out. She just is seeing her friends outside. Okay. All right. So... I, w- I want to watch the World Series. I believe, and I think Buster only said this, this is going to be one of the lowest World Series in terms of ratings of all time. I would think there so. There are no real stars here. There's no no compelling star power that brings you to the television set. And so if the first two games are like, I don't know, 6-1, you go, okay, I'm done with this series. But if it turns yeah. into a close series that looks like it's going to go 6 things, or 7. Things that go 7 draw a crowd. Yes. Six and seven draws a crowd. So, but, but if you accept the, the numbers of what the modern World Series is, why do you have to be so afraid of that Sunday against the NFL? Because you're not going to outdraw anybody. <laughs> you're not that big a deal. Yeah, the NFL you know, will crush you. You're just not that big a deal. You may as well put your game on and get I your I will fan. crush you. But just to go back to your original point, I mean, just play. Well, it's <laughs> play. baseball. You should be out there. It's playing. It's so it's much wasted time. Baseball, you know, and it's... Are we in a cold weather situation? No, not with Texas and Arizona. No, not at all. So you escape the East Coast November 1st freeze. You escape that, but, you know, put your teams out there. Put them out there during the first three rounds. Yeah. Just let them play continuously. That That is the mistake to me, not the reseeding. No, no, no. No, that's all just No, just the play the games. Play them all the time. Every single day, play two, play three. That's what you're supposed to do. Golf, there's an announcement or a story about the Masters that they're not going to change their entrance requirements for, you know, the live. Can you explain it, what they're doing? So essentially what happened is uh, we are already looking towards the 2024 men's majors. And there was some question after the official world golf rankings decided not to award points to a league that doesn't fit any of the requirements. They don't play 72 holes. didn't make any effort to no. fit said requirements. I'm sorry. This is, you can say all you want 
about how you understand why people took the money and, and you you wish live what you can do all that you want. They don't play golf. They play 54. It's different. Well, well, to be fair, because of the threat of live, more and more tournaments on the PJ Tour have started to move towards that in terms of elevated events. So the sort of Nick Faldo, you earned it in the dirt theory is becoming a little bit harder to accept. And we'll see what that looks what that looks like going forward. But you then had players on live saying for the majors to stay relevant, they're going to have to come up with their own set of criteria. And I still think the smartest thing that was said about the majors and uh, allowing live players to play was by Max Homa, who just said, use the eyeball test. If you if you think people want to see a Joaquin Neiman or a Taylor Gooch play because you deem them to be worthy, give them an invitation. Let's just throw out all the other it's exemptions. It's an invitation tournament, the Masters. Yeah, and on, on yeah. the official exemption list, there's a little asterisk that goes, the Masters Committee you know, reserves the right to, do what to it invite wants. whomever. It's to do what it wants. That's what they do. Uh, so right now you have the Asia-Pacific Amateur, which is being played at one of the most storied uh, Australian sandbelt courses. So you're already looking towards the players who could earn those exemptions and there was some talk that the open championship would be the first that would allow some players and there's been back and forth about sort of what that championship and what the what was the european tour how it had been treated by the pj tour of the years that that might be the first path in their uh, director basically said no we're actually pretty good that we've created the oldest open tournament yeah and there's always a path for you to get in if you want to play and then fred Ridley comes out and goes like we're, we're, we're pretty happy with the way the current exemptions work uh, it still feels like people are, are mostly just punting the ball back and forth, waiting for somebody to make a move. But unfortunately, it's going to be a game of cat and mouse, which would be, is there a live player off the board who is able to compete and win a major? And are you able to get amateurs moving to live before all these uh, other entries into the PJ Tour where somebody at the Masters might say it's in our best interest to get those guys over? Because we already have all the old guys because they have the lifetime exemptions. One last question about this. Um I was under the impression that the Saudi tour was going to go away, that everything was going to be folded back together, that the Saudi money was going to create this unbreakable partnership between the PGA tour and them. And now I'm not, I, I'm not under that. Should I not be under that impression? Well, I think now we have to wonder there is a December deadline for this you know, partnership to take place. And now you wonder, was this just an under-the-table deal to try and make legal proceedings go away and actually drum up business to get other potential investors on the table because somebody has to make a first offer. And once you have the the unlimited money, putting money on the table, all of a sudden you have these other you know equity groups who are coming in and want to throw a lot of cash at what they uh, deem to be a very valuable asset. Do you think there will be Saudi tour tournaments in 2024 and 2025? Sure. Do I, do I think there'll be basically local rundown events? Maybe. But uh, I think you have the CW contract expiring. Doesn't seem like anyone watches. They've stopped. Nobody watches. They've stopped actually, you know, uh, pr- uh, sharing any of the numbers. So I There's think many people, I think many in the PGA Tour fold <laughs> were hoping that if this partnership were to go through, that live just quietly goes away and, and they've come up with ways to bring back certain players, but not others. Uh, but yeah, we'll take a break. Jason Lock and Fora. When we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. 
You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is our friend Sean Tweedley. And Sean records under the name Mind Rip, right? Yes. Everybody records under some other name than yes. their name. The artist known as Mind Rip. So that's the way it works now. Yes. I assume somebody is going to record under Tony Kornheiser. So. <laughs> Eventually, yes. He sent us two songs. This is a song called My Love, and he says it's received some good write-ups in a handful of music blogs and publications. It's about a young couple embarking on a journey towards brighter horizons. We'll play two songs by Sean today, by Mind Rip today, I'm sorry. And this is the first one called My Love, and it plays in Jason Locke and Fora, and we have a special introduction for Jason, which is we're joined by Odyssey NFL insider Jason Locke and Fora, host of the Odyssey original podcast, In the Huddle, covering the entire NFL. We're not going to do the entire NFL. We're going to concentrate <laughs> on a few small things, Jason. Sounds good. Let's start because you're always like on. Think, yeah, you're always on on Friday, which is good because it follows the Thursday night game. Yeah. What did we learn about Buffalo last night, if anything? Um, I don't think a ton. You know, it was a hard-earned win. Um, it was one where they obviously had chances to kind of run away and hide, and, and that didn't take place. Um, I think a few things, though, that, that do stand out. You know, I, th- I feel like uh, that was a pretty conservative approach by Sean McDermott. And it's understandable given some of the injuries to their defense, so make the other team go, you know, 80, 90 yards, make it a field position game, make them earn it, especially on the road. Um, and that's not a gifted Bucks offense, or at least not not an, an overtly productive Bucks offense. So I, I get it, but it is um, a bit, I think, a departure of maybe how we felt about what the overarching goals and, and philosophies were there when that whole um, you know sort of tandem um, of coach and GM, and, and then eventually quarterback took the league um, somewhat by storm. So I, I think there's a little bit of a fundamental change there, but but I I get it, um, and I think it 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 wasn't maybe to the degree that I thought it might be, and that I believe was in part because the quarterback did end up in the tent for a minute, getting looked at. Um, I'll, you know, albeit for a short period of time, but still, he had his rushing touchdown, and then he had to get checked out. But we did see them utilizing. Uh, Josh Allen's legs more by design, and, and we did see more intent for him to be a part of their run game, and, and in particular, you know, a part of their short yardage run game and a, and a part of their run game in the red zone. I will tell you this, and I found it intriguing. Todd Bowles was interviewed on the sidelines on the second Buffalo drive yes. on the fourth and goal or fourth and one, whatever it was, and he said he fully expected Josh Allen to run the ball, and so did I. And I think yeah. he should have run the ball. I think they should have been up 14 nothing in the first yeah. quarter, not 3 nothing. This is a team that's going into this game. I know this because we did the story yesterday on PTI. They were third in scoring and fifth in scoring defense. And Josh Allen was third in completions and seventh in rating. And they do not have an authentic resume. That is not a win that gives people any confidence at all in Buffalo's ability to contend for the Super Bowl to me. To me. I thought it was a failure. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it. Look, it's a victory, so I mean, I I can't go crazy, but it wasn't. 
there aren't a whole lot of tour de force performances from them. They they yeah. they look like a team that's very much in sort of um, survive in advance, right? Like find a way to win this game, and then we'll you know put all our problems on hold for you know a few days, and we'll we'll try to keep you know chopping away and figuring it out. But do they look like a team? Um, is going to go into the postseason and play the best of the best week no. after week after week and no. beat them all? No. no. I don't know that they look like a team that's going to be the last one standing. Now, I think you can say that about a bulk of the league, and there is a trade deadline looming, So, and that's a very you know forward-thinking, progressive front office. So I, I know that they're very smart and prudent there, and they don't try to BS themselves or BS other people. And it's it's not exactly what they thought it would be. I think injuries certainly are a part of that, but... Injuries are also a part of this game. It's part so. of football. There's another, I mean, in the last two to three weeks, every team, and this is my opinion, every team that we thought was a contender, a real true contender, has suffered either a couple of losses mm-hmm. or some devastating loss, with the exception of Kansas City and Philadelphia. One of the teams that suffered a couple of losses, the 49ers, I thought they were the best team in football uh, when they were not even 5-0, and earlier than 5-0. and Um are they not? Is Purdy not what we assumed after last year? Well, I, I think um, Purdy has been in a pretty um, quarterback-friendly, plug-and-play, uh, highly evolved situation. And it's highly evolved from the standpoint of the person who's you know scripting it and preparing and coming up with 15-play scripts and getting you ready through the week for that opponent in Kyle Shanahan. And then it's highly evolved in how that play calling uh, sort of evolves and, and, and comes to life through the course of four quarters and what adjustments are made in-game and what goes on at halftime. Uh, it was highly evolved from a personnel standpoint, uh, the left tackle, uh, has played at a Hall of Fame level for, you know, definitely parts of the really healthy parts of his career. Yeah, he's been the best left tackle in football. Trent and Williams. Yeah, they hadn't lost a regular season game uh, up until you know a missed field goal in in Cleveland and uh, forever really since McCaffrey had been there and McCaffrey was good for a touchdown a game and, and he still is, um, but he was a little banged up and he ran for only three yards of carry against the Vikings and. The left tackle's absence had something to do with that. And when McCaffrey and Debo Samuel are both on the field, that team gets like seven yards per play. And when they're not, it's four. It goes from, you know, elite to bad. And they obviously didn't have Debo. And then it's another tough game because I was trying to tell people Minnesota's defense is not a total joke. Like, if you look at the last three weeks, there is definitely evolution going on there. And, you know, it's a tough situation. It's a road team kind of making their last stand. I mean, a road game and the home team's making their last stand. And it is a dome and it gets pretty loud. And, you know, those fans are into it. So I was not shocked by the result. Um, I I was more shocked by the Cleveland result. But we know that a lot of those injuries happen in that game and it can be tough to adjust. So now they've gone from a team that I think you looked at everything going for a quarterback and and you'd say it it went from maybe the best situation in the league or top two or three to not that. And the quarterback 
apparently suffers a concussion in the course of that game. So I think it probably says more about the 49ers than it, it, it does about Purdy. Like, I, I think if, if you take that situation and you, it's one thing for, you know, a, a year and then it becomes a very another thing a couple of weeks ago and it's trending in a, in a bad direction. Yes, and even it is. the defense has slipped yes, a little bit. Yes, it is. Yes. Close to two and a half sacks. Like, so now it's it's kind of different. It's not quarterback along for the ride. It's, you know, quarterback better find a way to help them win this game or maybe even win it for them with a late drive because, the, you know, the defense ha- isn't as airtight. And uh, they're, they've scored 17 points. You know, that's that's been where they've landed the last two weeks, and that's not going to be good enough. No. Even if the defense is having a no. great game, that's often not going to be good enough. So uh, that's another team, trade deadline looming. Um, I think this is a tricky spot for them against Cincinnati, though. Cincinnati coming off a bye. San Francisco going into a bye. That dynamic alone um, often can be tricky for the team that's about to go on vacation. And I know there's people out there who say, oh, they can't lose three games in a row. And I say, well, where's that? Where, like, find me that in the Constitution of the NFL. Where, where Somebody, please show me where uh, the 49ers are not allowed to lose three games in a row. So, no, I agree with that. I would say that, the, well, I, I'm not a genius for saying this. Anybody would say this. The Baltimore win over Detroit was the biggest statement win yeah. of last week. Does, have they changed the course of their season? Has Lamar Jackson changed the course of his season? It's quite possible. And I, I mean, the Lamar part, I think Lamar is playing at an otherworldly level. Um, the problem for Lamar is very few people around him were. And so the, the numbers don't look like, they're not, the numbers are not indicative of the MVP play because he's been undermined by um, some bad coaching decisions in the fourth quarter, some bad defensive lapses on an otherwise great defense in the fourth quarter, um, drops, uh, guys not you know not running the route fully. Like it, 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 he's been unreal. And so if you look at you know the back of the football card. And you look at touchdowns and, and some of the, the overarching numbers, it's not going to jump out at you. And I think that ultimately, in the end, he'll make up some of that, but not all of that. And, and that might cost him in the eyes of voters for this award or that award. Right. Uh, but for, for a team that's been up and down and, and that has found ways to lose to the Colts and lose to the Steelers yeah, when Steelers. they never should have, yeah. yeah, that was their best four quarters of football that they've put together, offense, defense, special teams, in a long time. And all three levels played um, pretty close to uh, full efficiency. And for three quarters, because the fourth quarter didn't matter, and that's when the Lions filled up their box score, it was a complete and thorough, you know, demolition. Oh, it's 35 nothing at one point. Oh, it, sure. It's a quality opponent. Now, I don't think Baltimore's going to do that every week, and I think the Lions will show you Monday night against the Raiders that they have uh, exhumed that and, and put it behind them, and, and they're beyond it, and they're a good football team. Um, yeah, Baltimore is very, very good. Baltimore's defense, since Roquan Smith got there November 1st last year, is first, second, or third in most key defensive metrics that you're going to look at, including 18 offensive touchdowns allowed in 17 games since Roquan Smith got that's there. That's five good. better than any other team in the yeah, league, and it's a lead red good. zone. And they're leading the league in sacks right now. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's a, it, it's, it, it can evolve to being a, a very 
very good offense. I still have questions about the receivers. Um, I still don't like the fact they don't have a second tight end. They don't. They can't really do much in twelve personnel because they don't have a second move tight end. Yeah, and but the, element, the tight end they've got, Andrews, is really oh, good. Oh yeah, he is. But he's been there a long time, and there's been a lot of key games where it's like if we double Andrews, right? Nobody else is probably going to beat us in the passing game, and and their rookies, a flowers. Is catching balls and and he's going to be a really he is a good player and he's going to be a great player, but he's also averaging eight yards a target and people know it's a short pass and he's not getting the yak anymore because you kind of know what's going on there and 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 people are playing him pretty tight and and suffocating him a little bit so mm-hmm. we'll see how some of that stuff comes along, but when they put it all together that they're as good as any team in the league uh, and and. Uh, you know, I just don't know how many teams right now you can say you even think can, are capable of doing what they did. No, even they're if it's still, just for a game right? and it's in as, October and I it's agree. at home. But still, all three levels, all, you know, all, all three uh, aspects of play, playing to that level, you don't see a lot of that. These no, days. That, that doesn't feel like a great team right now. It doesn't right now. Thank you. It's only halfway through. Thanks, Jason. You got it, guys. Have a great weekend. Jason Lockenfora, here's what they want me to read. That was Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lockenfora. Make sure to follow In the Huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. He's also got the radio show in Baltimore. Right. Jason's got, and also looking for work. Looking for the fifth. <laughs> right. Looking for more work. Drywalling, whatever you need. Yeah. We'll take a break. When we come back, Carvel and Ma are going to pick games for us. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Mind Rip. This is called Across the Sky. These are songs sent to us by Sean Tweedley, who is Mind Rip. We like him very much. Michael, if people like Mind Rip want to send us their original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyCornizerShow.com. James Carville joins us now. I have an intro. This week's picks with James Carville and Jeff Ma are brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. James had his worst week and still with not a losing week. Three and three, 28 and 21 overall. Do you want to tell us what you like this week and get back in the winning ways? Well, let's see. Uh, Cincinnati game. Uh, what do y'all got there? Well, it's you sent college. us plus Cincinnati seven. Cincinnati College. Yeah, plus seven. I said, take Cincy. The, the mighty Troy, who beat LSU like five years ago, I think that should be minus six. Minus six. In Arizona. The Tucson guys, plus three and a half. And they are hosting Oregon State? That's correct. Okay. The blue plate special. This means a double play. Get rich quick. Arizona State, plus six. Washington State is the opponent. So you have have two Arizona schools winning. I do. And you have Oregon State and Washington State, the last two Pac-12 teams standing, because there's no more there to <laughs> Pac-2. Pac-2. That's, You've got them right. both losing. Yes, I so want to make sure. Remember, at the beginning of the year, I said it was like 15-1. to 1. I said, pick Jaden Daniels for the Heisman. Right. He's now 3-1. to 1. Oh. You could have sold that ticket and made a lot of money right now. You are doing very well, by the way, on college games often. What? Yeah. How did this happen? You know, it's, it's, you know anybody that fools with this stuff, it, it, 
you get hot in one place and cold in another place. Okay. You're hot here and you can't lose that. And, you know, boy, someone bookmaking bad news. It got, I said, do you take parlay? She said, I will swim the river to take a parlay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because parlays don't help the better. They help the house. Yes. Um, all right, what about in the pros? Right, well, J- Jacksonville and the Steelers. Yes. I got Jacksonville plus two and a half. Okay. Packers and the Vikings. Uh, the Packers are getting plus one and a half coming off that big Viking upset. So they're going to be down is the theory. You like Green yeah. Bay, really? I just, I don't, Jordan Love has not done it for me, has not done it for me. So I just, when a team has a big, big game, like, like clearly the Vikings did. Yes. I, I think part of the theory is that, you know, they're going to drop off the next week. Okay. All right. So you got Jacksonville, and, you got Green Bay getting points both times. What else? And I got the uh, the Denver Broncos are getting a little hot. The All Denver right? Broncos are dreadful. They they stink. You like them? A little better. Well, right. uh, they're getting what seven and a half points. Just, you know how many games fall seven points or under in the NFL? It's they're playing the Chiefs. That's a division game. They tend yeah. to be a little bit closer, but the Chiefs are good. They're very good. They're getting seven and a half. Okay, so you'll take that. See, uh, I'll, take, I'll take the seven and a half. All right, so seven you and a half make you laugh. <laughs> and on that note, thank you, James. We'll talk to you next week. James Carville, who's been consistent this year. He's 28 and 21. Last year, he killed it. This year, he's not quite killing it, but he's winning. He's winning. We'll try and get Jeff Ma. Jeff Ma not winning. Uh, by the way, last night, for the first time in a while, Chuck Todd got it right yes. on the Thursday night game. I would have never bet Tampa Bay. Yeah. I would not with eight and a half. No, I thought Buffalo was going to win by 25. Yeah. I think something's wrong with Buffalo, yeah, as we've talked about with Jason Locke and Fora. And Reginald starts out 0-1. Reginald's, I don't know. He's not even good for a monkey. He still has the Washington game to save his weekend. He never wins the Washington game. He just doesn't win that game. Yeah. Might Jesse. have to start looking at uh, Carville's lines a little bit. He's shaving some fractions off. Oh, is that right? Just, just a half have a you point here and there. Yeah, what? Give me an example. No, no, uh, yeah, Denver. I think that line's moved a little bit. but So it's not seven and a half? It's less? Uh, I think it was at seven. But... Oh, yeah, Carvel's lines might have been... Carvel makes up his own lines. Yeah, there was about three or four that he was giving himself the extra half point. And I thought, well, that's what... Well, you know. that's what he said. Take the half and make you laugh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, is Jeff with us? I believe Jeff is with us. Jeff, are you there? Yes, I'm here. This was a rough week again. You <laughs> won the college game. You lost all the pro games. Yeah, I mean, I, I should have won two college games. I was had, what, Tennessee plus nine and a half, and they were up by, what, 11 at halftime and somehow managed... Still not cover nine and a half, but you know it happened. The pro games were pretty rough. Uh, you know, I had uh, a Green Bay team, which probably just is not that good. Uh, I think that's probably the simplest way to say it. And then I had a Rams team um, that had a shot to get back in it, but strange rules around replays prevented that. And then uh, Kansas City played their best game of the year, and. Um, I don't know, Staley might be the first coach fired. What do you think? Well, he's he goes for it so often on fourth down, and it doesn't look like he's making the best use out of a quarterback that cost 
you know, $3,000 billion. He could be fired, I guess. I don't, I don't know. They could have fired him last year or the year, but he's the same guy. Yeah. And he's the same. Last year he made the playoffs. I did notice that, the, that you gave us a note that the overs did much better this week. The overs were five and eight. That's not great, but they were better than before. Do you have a theory on that? Well, I mean, I, they, we had talked about from week to week that they had adjusted, um, and you would have expected the overs to be at least 50% given how much they adjusted. So the fact that they were only 5-8, and eight is, it's, it's interesting for sure. I mean, it, it, it does seem like generally scoring is suppressed, um, has been suppressed recently, and um, the, the league is, is a very cyclical league, um, meaning over time, you know, offenses have gotten better, and over the last few years, defense has gotten better so i mean i think the offenses are going to have to make some adjustment maybe they make some rule changes to try to get scoring back up but even like last night that game was was boring like these games are boring because there's just not a lot of scoring and there's just a lot of long boring kind of drives i mean the 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 uh Buccaneers covered last night i don't know i, I obviously you weren't awake for what happened but not for Buccaneers, that not for the end of it no yeah well there would be no reason to but the Buccaneers had like a, I don't know, something like a seven-minute, seventeen-play drive to cover that game where they had, you know, two uh, fourth-down penalties that extended it, and a fourth-down, not hail mary, but sort of desperation pass to Mike Evans that actually made that game cover. That game opened at uh, Buffalo anywhere from seven and a half to eight and a half, went all the way up to ten. So that last touchdown, as they say, was important to some. I understand that. I mean, I, I said this the other day on PTI. I said to Wilbon, I know you don't care about this, but on the idea by Jimmy Ursay to review stuff in the last two minutes, I said, when there's a score late or not a score late because of a referee's decision, gambling is really affected. And now that all of the leagues have partners that are gambling entities, it made me think, Jeff, that they might actually do that. I mean, well, they, ha- they have to. I mean, the... the- the product is is being wagered on yes with millions and billions of dollars both legally and illegally and for them not to take it seriously at the end of a game when the result isn't necessarily the issue it's the it's the exact result that's the issue um i do think they need to do that because ultimately they are benefiting from these people wagering in many different ways and they, they have a they have like a a service that they have to perform for them. I agree. I agree. So tell me what you got this week. Uh, we're going to take one college game. We're going to take Georgia minus the 14 and a half over Florida. Um, Georgia's an interesting team. They've actually only covered one game this entire year, despite being undefeated. And that game was the Kentucky game, but the Kentucky, this, this was a pretty similar game to this in that um, this was a game like Georgia, I think has not taken very many games. Seriously, when they played Vanderbilt relatively recently, they, they treated it almost like a scrimmage. Um, I expect them to win this game comfortably. And what is a neutral field? It, it may look like Florida's the home field, but it, it's neutral mm-hmm. uh, typically. Um, and so Georgia minus the 14 and a half. Okay. I'm going to take Dallas minus the six over the Rams. Um, you know, Dallas is obviously they are a team that's been up and down all year. Um, Rams. I think we're pretty disappointing last week for me. Um, and, and, you know, at home, I think Dallas gets right in this game and it reestablishes themselves as a, as a top NFC team. Okay. 
Now, there's there's some games here where the line has, has moved, um, and I was talking to Nigel a little bit about how you read into these line moves, but um, Houston open. What do you guys have Houston at? Is, are they minus three or um, minus three and a half? Let me check that real quick. Houston, sorry, my phone is not working all that well right now. That's all right. We'll, we'll give you we'll, your – I'll do Carvel, and I'll take Houston minus the three, even if it's three and a half. Okay. Um, over Carolina, uh, again, like it, Houston is a team that I think – Still remains to be even underrated, just because it's it's unbelievable how how well they're playing both offensively and defensively with a rookie quarterback and you know first time uh, head coach. But Demico Ryan's obviously was a great D coordinator for the 49ers. Yes, seems to have like this team playing some pretty great defense, and so I, I like Houston minus the three here over okay. Carolina. That's fine. And then uh, this New Orleans game um, playing Indy Indy. Played a great game against Cleveland despite losing. I think it was impressive how many points they put up against Cleveland, but I think that took a lot out of them. And I think um, New Orleans is a team still with a ton of talent, even though they really haven't performed as well as people would have hoped. This line was earlier in the week. New Orleans was an underdog at one and a half. It's moved to New Orleans minus one. I still like New Orleans. Obviously, two and a half point move, but it's through zero. So it doesn't really mean that much. Um, we've actually, Jeff, we've, we've got that at even now. Would you okay, like? I'll take New Orleans at even. There we go. Of course, he'll take it at even and not have to give. Giving. Sure. All right, <laughs> even. Sure. And then I'm going to take Seattle minus the three and a half over Cleveland. Um, you know, this is Cleveland's defense uh, has been the best defense in the league, uh, you know, with the exception of last week. And the question with that is, has been is it because of who they played? And last week against Indy, giving up so many yards, um, it, you know, Miles Garrett has been incredibly disruptive. Ooh. But, Ooh. Um, what's that? He's yeah. He's uh, what did Booger McFarland call him yesterday on the show? A freakazoid. <laughs> he says he's he's got a forty-one inch vertical leap and he's weighs two hundred seventy pounds. Just astonishing. Yeah. So yeah. Well, they can just block him, which is hard. Um, I expect them to cover the the three and a half here. Okay, that's fine. Who's on bet the process? Who do we have? Oh, we had a guy by the name of Ed Miller on this week, and Ed had has just written a book on. Um, sports betting um, from the standpoint of what the modern day sports book looks like and all the different technology that they need to support what they're doing and basically where they're vulnerable. And essentially what he's saying is that what we bet into these like, uh, you know, pregame lines where the market has a chance to react and overall um, make these lines very efficient. This isn't the way to make money. The way to make money is by betting in game or betting, on some of these props and parlays where they, they don't have the time or the ability to have a market correct their pricing. So oh. Their pricing could be incorrect. And so uh, it's a pretty fascinating uh, book. He's, he's written a couple um, on sort of how to beat sports betting, and, and uh, he's an MIT guy, so he's pretty smart, I guess. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, we have him on. Humble brag by Jeff Ma there. <laughs> pretty smart MIT guy. Humble brag. Thank you, Jeff. All right. See you, Tony. Jeff Ma, boys and girls. We'll come back. Email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Oh, yeah. I got to do the outro. This week's picks with James Carville and Jeff Ma been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your email faxes and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Gonna read some for all your folks. I love this one. I don't know what she looks like. I don't know if she is. Welcome. Come on. Come on. 
that mail now, baby. That's the way she says baby. <laughs> so you want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad. I That's love that. So uncomfortable. Just love so them. great. Uh, Bethesda the Bagels. Ball? We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop one in, my friend, and you will be thrilled. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say you don't know what's going on. You've been away for far too long. You can't come back and think you are still mine. You're out of touch, my baby. My poor discarded baby. I said baby, baby, baby. You're out of time. That was done by PJ Proby and better by the Rolling Stones. Yes. Better by the Rolling, Rolling Stones. Stones. Really yes. good. Thanks to our guests today, Jason Lockenfour, James Carville, Jeff Ma. Thanks to our sponsors. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. A shout out to Rick Worthing, by the way. And uh, now from Paul Frampton, not Peter Frampton, but Paul Frampton. From Lindsay, Ontario, Canada. Now, we talked to him yesterday. We read one of his the other day. Yes, it was about the, the Twitch stream or something. When reading my previous email about Twitch, you stated you don't think people should stream just because they can. The reason we do this has the same answer as most questions. <coughs> money, as Don Olmeyer would say. The answer to all your questions is money. Yes, it is. People pay to subscribe to my channel, and Amazon runs ads occasionally that also earn money for the streamer. That's why we do it. I'm only making tens of dollars right now, but there are a ton of streamers making more than a million dollars per month. Oof. May as well make some coin while I shove a chainsaw into other players' chests. I'm Fram Brady on Twitch. Would love to be the official streamer of the show if possible. You could be the official Canadian streamer. And if <laughs> yeah. you pay us, you can be the official. Pay us your tens of dollars, you yes. can be the official. Let's slow down the use of stream. <laughs> From Marty West. Not that Marty West. Did Tony really just say he's not a big believer in just broadcasting your life to Tony <laughs> Total Strangers? This from a man who started the same episode with 10 minutes on how a frost lad Columbia cut short his Tuesday morning golf outing. I appreciate the self-awareness. This is from Marty West's son, Marty West, who's a professor of education professor. at Harvard. Huh. From Bob Gray in Prince Edward Island. As I'm peacefully driving across the legendary Hillsborough Bridge just now with the podcast on, I narrowly avoided driving straight into the harbor. So you're completely against people just going on and broadcasting the details of their lives to complete strangers on the internet? Have you ever actually listened to your show? Just wondering. Thanks for all the laughs over the years. From David Johnson, Saratoga Springs, New York. Here's a direct quote from Mr. Tony on Twitch streamers. I'm not a big believer in just broadcasting your life to total strangers. Now, I also find Twitch streams ridiculous. But don't you think that's a pretty odd statement, considering I know how many outlets you have in your kitchen? Well, yeah. From Brad Woland in Boston, not Revere. I'm sorry, Tony. On yesterday's show, did you actually say you won't use Twitch because you are not a big believer in broadcasting your life to total strangers? This is literally what you do every day. <laughs> Maybe on tomorrow's show, you can tell us how you're not a big believer in going on TV to yell about your views and sporting events. From PJ in DC, regarding Tony giving Paul the Twitch streamer a hard time on Wednesday's show. Tony, I'm not a big believer in just broadcasting your I life. see where to this is going. <laughs> also, Tony, let me tell you about my trip to get a flu shot. So, okay, so we have many of these. Yes, we got a lot. We got a lot. What did you have for dinner last night? You know, and I'll... I'll just read one more. Doc Bradley from Burlington, Vermont. Wait, I'm sorry. You don't understand the concept of broadcasting your life to total strangers, really? How's the leg doing? Still afraid to drive over the Bay Bridge? Do you still think the beach house was a good investment? How are the grandkids doing? Mr. Tony, half your life. Keep barking, Chessie. Mr. Tony, half your life has been about broadcasting every little thing about yourself to a million plus total strangers. And one of the things you often broadcast to us is how completely self-unaware you are. 
with nothing but love but your for your continued broadcast of trivial aspects of your life in sometimes unnecessary detail. So let me, let me just sort of go over what I meant by this, because I think this is the important thing. It's social media. I, I mean, I understand what I do here. This is, to me, the entertainment business. This is something that a lot of people enjoy, and maybe that's true of social media as well. But you have never seen me on social media. You're not going to see me on social media. When I'm done, I'm done. I'm not going on people's social media Twitch lines. I'm not going on their podcasts. I'm not going on their television shows. It's over. I, I, it, what I'm getting at is not so much broadcasting the details of your life as much as it's those pictures. People just take pictures of themselves everywhere. Here I am at dinner. Here I am at Disneyland. Here I am at Safeway. Here I am walking the cat. I don't, you know, it's that that drives me well, insane. Well, it sets up, it sets up well, two parallel and for? often different versions of the self. And what's so amazing about you is what you hear on this show is exactly who you are. Now, do you think I could set up a YouTube channel where the kids are just playing on the swing set and you just walk back and forth behind them a few times just to drive up some numbers? I'd be happy to do that. <laughs> but, I, you know, because it helps my family. But I'm, I'm not... I just don't get it. I don't understand the need that people have to take pictures of themselves and broadcast it to everyone. I don't do that. No, you do. I do. I talk a yes, lot. Yes. I talk about things that I think are entertaining to yeah, like everybody. Like coffee ice cream with the yeah, schmutz. Yeah. Well, I think that's entertaining. Yes. Guy to God in Nagoya, Japan. I'm not a big believer in just broadcasting you like to total strangers. <laughs> have to admit, I was delightfully surprised to hear that you consider me to be such close personal friend. I guess that explains why I know so much about your sciatica. <laughs> Uh, from David Dress in the Air Force by way of Alexandria, Virginia. Was I having a stroke today, or did the man who spent five minutes of his show open defining Frost versus Do on his morning round really just criticize Twitchers for live streaming their mundane lives? From Claire Natola. I'm not a big believer in just broadcasting your life to total strangers. Huh? What have I been listening to for a couple of decades? From Chris McGurk in Fargo, North Dakota. Wait a second, you're, and I quote, not a big believer in just broadcasting your life to total strangers. What have I been listening to for how many years now? Some work of fiction about counting kitchen outlets, DC traffic patterns, opening and closing a restaurant, hatred for pumpkins and signa, and your inability to get out of the sand. You know, so these things happen. Yes. Um, I, did I clarify it at all? It's it's sort no, of like the... I, I think you made the statement and then we just sort of let it No, lie. no, did I clarify it just no, now? No, not really. Oh, just now. No, not, not at really. all. no. Well, in my mind, yeah, you don't. How could I clarify it? I, you're in other words, you think that I'm 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 being duplicitous? No, I just think you're focused on this idea of pictures versus pictures. words. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm not like yeah. Will Bunn's on the internet. Yes. Sends pictures of himself. Every, I don't sponsored do th- posts. Yeah, I don't do that. Should no. I do that? I, I don't, don't want to do. I that. don't think you want to get involved. I don't want to do that. that. No. I don't want the criticism. <laughs> I don't want to be opened up for that. If, if you know, you don't hear me on a lot of radio shows or television shows. You don't. I don't do it. Yeah. I do this, love doing this. I'm, I perhaps am misreading myself. You know? <laughs> Is that possible? You take notes of then stories to share with your listeners. I do. I do. Uh, Tom McLaughlin, Frederick, Maryland. I hope the new game is 70s bad songs. Please, Mr. Please, the remake by Olivia Newton-John is Rushmore worthy. Any song that begs, I don't ever want to hear that song again in its own lyrics. <laughs> However, using the Google machine, I learned the original by Bruce Welsh is a snappier, more country-style tune. So maybe I'm wrong. Mike Roseberry, 
State College, Pennsylvania. Are bad 70 songs the new game? If so, nothing will ever beat the Rhode Island-sized pile of excrement. <laughs> that is Run, Joey, Run by David Geddes. Uh, oh, we got uh, a box of that. Look at this from David uh, Benedict in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. He says, the attached picture is the lost and found box of my kid's soccer field. In addition to the Bearcats hoodie, there's a Binghamton track and field. Yeah, looks great. There. there are assorted used water bottles, rain cleats. Rain jackets, cleats, shin guards, an umbrella, and practice cones. Please let me know if you'd like me to send you a box of that, or you could just pick it up the next time your check engine light comes on on your way to Pinehurst. P.S. I once saw Billy Joel in FAO Schwartz. He wasn't making an appearance or playing music, just shopping for Was tours. he playing the keyboard? <laughs> for, for Justin Johnson in Arlington, Virginia. I understand that frost has grown from the ground, but the real question is, <clears throat> what does it become when it grows up? That is a ice. question. Well, yes. It ice, doesn't it? It aspires to grow up and become Josh ice. Josh Cromwell, Moselle, Mississippi. One of my absolute favorite bits from the show, The Good Place, takes place in a scene where all of the demons are from the bad place and they're gathered for a meeting. At the conclusion of the meeting, they decide to wrap things up by singing the official theme song of The Bad Place, one eight seven seven cars for Kids. Blake Portals is the greatest quarterback. Tim Ziegler. A.D., Shepherd University, and Alora Little. Thank you for mentioning Shepherd University and Tyson Bajit at length on PTI and on the pod. I never thought my college would be mentioned by two guys I've been watching and listening to since I was in high school. If you and Wilbon are ever interested in visiting Shepherdstown for a game or playing 18 at Crest Creek Country Club, I will happily host. I'd also love to host the Summer Littles at the Shepherdstown West Virginia Bavarian Inn. Please let me know who to contact. Isn't that nice? That's lovely. We're going to put that away. That's good. Um, from Dave Moran, Kenosha, Wisconsin. I can solve MLB's World Series television ratings with two words. Taylor Swift. <laughs> that would he's help. he's right about that. That would help. He's right about that. And from Ethan Walker in... Walker? To a Latin, to a Latin, Oregon, to a Latin, Oregon. First time, long time. Listening along Monday's show, you read an email from Matt in Missouri. I had to chime in. He writes to say that it was nice to shave off some amount of Cigna's E-B-I-T-D-A by not choosing them as his company's healthcare provider, and you uttered E-B-I-T-D-A, whatever that means. E-B-I-T-D-A is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. That's the profitability of the business, Grandpa, something businesses need in order to stay alive. As a valuation analyst who appraises businesses for a living, I'd be curious what the E-B-I-T-D-A of the show is. Probably not very good, but there are some worse than yours. Yep. I guess that's one way to look at it. I'd also like to apply to be the official valuation analyst of the show. Is that position open? It's open. It definitely is Anybody open. who can define E-B-I-T-D-A, Ibita. I didn't know that. If you're out on your bike time, everyone is always do wear white. Now, if there's anything I can do for you. Yeah, I certainly hope you die. Well, I certainly hope you die soon. Yeah. <laughs>
touch the sky And then we saw that in the distance Our lives would change for good Say goodbye. 
Like a bird. 